This is Roberta Foster. Welcome to today's edition of the Author's Corner, brought to you by KNEO 91.7 FM, The Word. And today I welcome Dr. Tim Murphy back to Author's Corner. We spoke with Tim last week about the Christ cure and are going to continue our conversation. But let me remind you that Tim is a psychologist and former U.S. congressman. So welcome back to Author's Corner, Dr. Tim. It's great to be with you. Thank you. So I know you talked about this in our last interview, but for those that missed that, uh, tell us why you wrote the book, The Christ Cure, 10 Biblical Ways to Heal from Trauma, Tragedy, and PTSD. Well, thanks for asking, Roberta. I I, I wrote this because in my work as a psychologist spanning 40-plus years, and my work as a Navy psychologist working with combat veterans, my current work with policemen and firemen uh, and uh, first responders, and quite frankly, having grown up in a family that presented a lot of trauma to me too, mm. I, I finally reached the point where it says, I, I need to go back again and rediscover all over again what is in the Bible to help us with trauma. Um, because most psychologists will not touch the issue of faith. Uh, they're not believers. Uh, they're afraid to. I always ask my clients if they have certain religion or what they practice. But I got really enamored with the Apostle Paul and his writings, because when you look at the traumas he's had, 20 or 30 or 40 major traumas, beaten with rods, whipped 39 lashes, run out of every town he's been into, um, been abandoned by friends. You know, one day on the road to Damascus, he finds himself blinded uh, and being asked why he's persecuting. A person who used to be the persecutor himself, taking Christians to their own death, um, losing his friends, uh, all those things go on and on. And I said, well, why wasn't he totally incapacitated with all of the symptoms of PTSD, of overwhelming Mm -hmm. guilt, of social isolation, of nightmares, of eating problems, alcohol? Why wasn't he? So I searched for a book on the topic and found there was none. And I just felt that God says, well, I'm I'm leading you down this road, Tim. You're going to get it. You're going to write it. So I sat down at my keyboard and began to tap it out. And, and Roberta, I say this with all humility and, and actually surprise myself. I don't know where this book came from, <laughs> because I would just start writing. I'm not a biblical scholar, and this is not a theological treatise. This is a self-help book. This is written for all of us. This stuff would just start coming, and I would find that even that day, uh, a particular biblical passage, I'd be drawn towards it and read about it. So I'd say that this book is written more through the Holy Spirit with my fingers, Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give credit for all that's good there and all the mistakes. Well, mm-hmm. they're mine. Mm-hmm. Use it that way. So that's where the book came from. All righty. Well, uh, we encourage people to go back and listen to uh, last week's interview for a lot of details uh, that we don't have time to go over again, but you can find it through your favorite podcasts. Um, one of the things that I hear a lot is the word shame. And um, whether one is the cause or the victim of trauma, you write that shame makes healing very difficult. Uh, Explain to us why that is or what we are hanging on to that allows shame, and who's the author of that? Well, that's a good follow-up question there. um, Guilt and shame really lie at the root of one of the principal symptoms of PTSD, and that's an exaggerated sense of blaming of ourselves or blaming other people. Mm. And generally, when we are faced with trauma, we'll either say to ourselves, I shoulda, woulda, coulda done mm-hmm. something about that, what an idiot I am. Um, 
even when we're not to blame, we'll sometimes take that blame on ourselves and says, if only I had been there at a different time, uh, this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we project that blame onto God and says, why did you do this to me? Mm-hmm. I can't go back to you. You're, you're, you're wrong. Or we'll say, God, you're punishing me because of things I've done. I'm mad at you. Uh, when things get really bad with that, we are the authors of our shame. Because shame means we're saying, God, you made a mistake when you made me. I am irreparable. I am broken beyond repair. Nothing can be done. You are powerless to change me. I am gone. Mm. I am a, I'm a walking dead man. Guilt is different. Now, none of us like to feel guilt. But guilt is actually good because it's a signal to us, you messed up, now fess up, now get up and do something about it. So guilt can be very functional. And, and that's just what it is. I mean, Jesus wants us to you know, confess if we've done something wrong, go back and make amends with someone, uh, go take care of the problems we've had, uh, and, and, and this helps us tremendously. But when we're overwhelmed with, with shame, we don't want to go anywhere with that. We want to hide like Elijah hid in the cave, you know, leave me alone, don't bother me. But that does us no good. It's best if we get out there and address it, um, take care of those things, and it can really relieve us of that burden and move towards forgiveness. Well, one of the 10 points that you write about in Chapter 1 is important points to remember. And number five is you have power over your past. And I'd like you to explain uh, what you mean by that. Well, um, our past doesn't exist anymore. It is is old. It is gone. The earth has turned. The calendar page has turned. But we maintain that past in our brains and in our memory. And actually, it's interesting that our brain is actually programmed to remember unfinished business. There's this concept called the Zygarnik effect interesting name, where we remember unfinished business better than finished business. We remember things we didn't complete, uh, things that aren't done yet. And when we mess up uh, by trauma external or our own mistakes, we, we want to fix that. But what happens is fixing it, we oftentimes think of in terms of, well, let me just rehearse this problem in my brain a hundred thousand times. And the brain actually gets programmed that the part of our brain called the amygdala, which is the alarm, the smoke detector in the brain, the fight-flight center, that keeps going off. We're in trouble, we're in trouble, we're in trouble. Because just like a smoke detector is very powerful, big alarm, um, it's very dumb. The smoke detector cannot tell the difference between the house is on fire and grandma just blew out 80 birthday candles. (laughs) Uh, It just knows there's a problem there. Mm -hmm. Similarly, when our brain is going off all the time with fight or flight, our whole body is getting into shape. So let's do something. Let's go somewhere. Well, what's really important is is to say, but that's over. Uh, and we have to accept what is done is done and not ruminate over it, not keep it alive in ourselves. And then when we recognize that is over, we can work on our current memory of that. And much of that involves accepting what's over and accepting our commitment that we've given from the Lord that he's here to take care of us. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean we're off the hook. It doesn't mean we don't do anything, and we're not going to be lazy. But he says, listen, give your troubles to me. Try my yoke for a change. I've got, a, I've got one that can really help you, and unburden yourself from beating yourself up for this, except that, uh, that I love you, and I'm here to do this with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that people with trauma experience have a very tough time letting go. Because we want to blame, we want to fight, we want to be angry. Mm. But if we have filled our heart with anger 
and grudges and judgment, there's not much room left in our heart for love. Mm -hmm. And this is where that love and that healing can take place by understanding that we have we have control over whether or not we want to continue to live in the past mm-hmm. or move into the present. Mm. Well, I've got another really important uh, matter to talk about with Dr. Tim, but let me remind you before we go in any further that uh, he's written the book, The Christ Cure, published by Humanix Books, and the subtitle is 10 Biblical Ways to Heal from Trauma, Tragedy, and PTSD. Now, one of the things you've alluded to in your statements earlier um, is something that I know Christians deal with on a regular basis, whether it's because of trauma or other difficulties in their lives. But you talk about point six is keep your brain in check. And that Mm. is uh, is so important for any type of healing. But uh, tell us more about that and how you share that in your book. Well, our brain is this um, is this powerful tool. You know, it's it's wonderful that uh, that God gave us the ability to think about things, to process information, to have memories. But you have to be careful and understand that our brain changes the more we focus on our misery. Literally, the architecture of the brain changes. Like brain cells that fire together get wired together. I think of it this way. Um, if you have a meadow that no one's ever walked through and you walk through it once, you, you can see the path. But after the wind blows or the rain, you don't see you walk through anymore. If you continue to walk through that over and over and over again, every day, hundreds of times, you're going to wear a path through that. And in fact, there's a place in the world that I've been to, like in Afghanistan and Iraq and deep in the mountains, and you can see paths that have been there for thousands of years. In Rome, you can see on the, on the roads that the Romans built, you still see the chariot marks. Out in western United States, you still see where the wagon trains and the Oregon Trail have been, even though... Wagons haven't been there in a century. Mm. Well, our brain is much the same way. We keep thinking of things over and over again, and our brains get wired to stay obsessed on our failures. So we really have to rework that and understand that by thinking about things in a different way, not having the same knee-jerk reactions of maintaining the same thought processes, but challenging those negative thoughts by saying, hey, those, those negative thoughts are the forces of evil. They're not the message from God. By planting in our brain, by meditating positive, affirmational, biblical passages about ourselves that Jesus gave to us, that God's Word gave to us, it is really a foundation for restructuring our brain. It really changes the brain. And even to this extent, we know that people who have strong religion and strong faith heal better with longer results from trauma than those who do not. Mm. And much of that is because they, they, through their faith, their trust in God and, and mm-hmm. grace and turning things over to God, that has helped them tremendously. Hope is a great healer when the hope is through God's hand. Amen. Well, today I've been talking with Tim Murphy. He wrote the book, The Christ's Cure. So, Tim, tell our listeners how they can find out more about this book and um, other resources that you have available. Sure. I, thank you. I, I have a website, which is drtimmurphy.com, but abbreviate doctors so with D-R-T-I-M-M-U-R-P-H-Y.com. And on there, I have podcasts every week. I post something about psychology and faith and how we can heal uh, from that. You can also order my book. There's a link there to go to websites. So you can go yourself to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Christian Books and order the book through that. And I want to say this, that um, 
this is a handbook for the broken, but it's also for the people who love them. Mm-hmm. So even if you are not someone who's struggling yourself, and you know someone who is, and, I'm, and I bet you you know someone mm-hmm. who is, get the book, learn what to do for them to help them. It's also, my other audience I wrote this book for are counselors and clergy, because most counselors do not understand the value of faith. We are not trained in graduate programs to deal with this, but we need to know, because most people want issues of faith discussed during counseling. Discussed during mm-hmm. counseling. And here's the other thing. Mo- about 40% of people will turn to clergy when, they, when they're dealing with struggles in life. Mm-hmm. But only about 10 to 15% of clergy have training and know what to do. And they themselves get overwhelmed with trauma when they hear the stories over and over again. So it can also be a great uh, asset to hand mm. over to a counselor or to your pastor or, 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 or reverend or priest, whoever that might be, to say, here's a book to help you understand how to help people who are struggling in life. And so um, I hope people will do that, because I'm a big believer that Christ cures when we let him in our hearts, when we do things. We don't try to do it alone. Uh, it's not the way to do it. Um, but recognize that with uh, getting the help from people, professionals that can help you, and looking at what the Bible teaches us and, and Jesus and love continue to teach us, we can be healed. Mm. What a glorious way to end our time together. Let me remind the listeners, the book is The Christ Cure, written by Dr. Tim Murphy, and we thank Humanix Books for providing a copy of the book to talk about. And Tim, it's been a true pleasure talking with you. We truly appreciate your time. Thank you, Roberta. I'm energized about what God can do for us, and I hope other people can be too. So if you missed any part of today's interview or would like to hear it again, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also go back and listen to our conversation from last week. And this is Roberta Foster on The Author's Corner. Join us again next time. The world is in chaos. You're here for a purpose. What does the Bible have to say about it all? I'm Mark Taylor, host of Crosspoint podcast and radio show, and I'd like to invite you to join me each week as I navigate the complexities of faith, culture, and personal growth. Each week, I interview a different guest who is making an impact on the culture of For God's Kingdom. Whether you're seeking spiritual guidance, true information, or a fresh perspective, this podcast equips you to discern truth in today's chaotic world. When Christianity intersects with everyday life, that's where you'll find Crosspoint, sometimes discussing the issues that some churches don't want to talk about. Look up Crosspoint with Mark Taylor wherever you get your podcast produced by KNEO Radio and the Sky High Podcast Network.